0: Welcome to episode 61 of the Amanda Wagner podcast, the place for fiercely ambitious entrepreneurs and leaders who want to get off the sidelines, be known for something that matters and claim their spotlight. In this episode, we recap what we mean when we talk about having it all, we share why talking about trade-offs is so important to keep you focused on yourself and your own progress. And we highlight some of the trade-offs that we have personally made, as we encourage you to look at what trade-offs are working or aren't working for you, and if you need to make them at all. I'm Amanda Wagner, a business strategist, coach, and professional speaker. And I'm Liz Hitman, a digital communications
1: specialist.
0: The Amanda Wagner Podcast is the place for ambitious leaders and entrepreneurs who are done shopping for shortcuts, no longer waiting for an invitation to do what they want, and are ready to claim their spotlight. On this podcast, we talk about the challenges and triumphs of ambition and bravery, living thoughtfully and strategically in a noisy world, and share our experiences as entrepreneurs with big ambition. In a past episode, I shared that I believe we can have it all with one condition. We have to know what it all is. That is different for each person at at different times in our lives. I still stand by this, and I'm here to expand on it. I believe that you can have it all if you know what it all is for you, and if you are willing to explore making trade-offs in order to make that happen. Figuring out what having it all looks like and means to each of us is the big challenge, especially if you're in any period of transition, changing careers, circumstances, or simply growing and changing your mind. Trade-offs aren't easy, and sometimes they come out of necessity, not out of desire. I find that it's easier to make a trade-off if it's something I want but not as easy if it's something that has to happen or must change. Oftentimes I've found that the trade-offs I've had to make or the realization that I have to make one or think about a trade-off comes from a place of resentment or bitterness or good old fashioned envy where I want what someone else has. It is very easy to look at what other people are doing and feel envy and let it end there. It's also very easy to be bitter or resentful about wanting something that someone else has, but not asking for it or making accommodations to get it. There's always some further investigation needed when we explore feelings of resentment, bitterness, and envy, and that's where I'm at now. I'm thinking about this as it relates to business and home life and how these things are connected and how these trade-offs come into play. LP, based on this conversation so far, these first couple minutes, what's coming up for you when we think about trade-offs, bitterness, and resentment?
1: Well, when I first was thinking about the term trade-off, it felt kind of negative to me because I was- percent Because I think I was I was thinking about it with the lens of that bitterness or that envy. But when you when you take a step back and think, well, it doesn't need to be that way, uh, that's reassuring. And the fact that trade-offs are inevitable is also a really reassuring thing for me. Incorporating these changes or modifications for maybe a less scary sounding word, it's life. Nothing ever goes according to the perfect plan. So there's some, there's some reassurance there for me. What I find
0: interesting and reassuring is that you also hear it as negative. For some reason, trade off seems to sound like trade down, that it's giving up on something instead of actually, you know, a trade up or adding some neutrality, which is just I have to trade one thing for the other. These are just the circumstances. I don't have to put a value judgment on either side of it. I also typically read them as negative, but I'm trying to to see them in a new way. And to be really specific, I'm happy to share this example of where trade-offs really came up for me. And that is around making a choice to go back to work part-time four weeks after having my baby. I made this choice. I was specific about this choice, I outlined it, I made sure that I had all my ducks in a row to make it happen. I even talked about it in uh, one of our episodes where I shared what it was like to kind of keep being pregnant a secret and make all these plans in the background. I'm at a point where I am seeing other parents at home with their babies for three, six, 12, 18 months. And even though I made a choice, I was instantly resentful. I was really secretly grouchy about these people. It's part of the reason that I have avoided looking at Instagram and seeing these freaking happy baby selfies uh, because it makes me question if I'm doing something wrong because I find so much purpose and validation and joy in my work. And yet somehow it made me question if I made the wrong choice. Similarly, when I see people who haven't been in business as long skyrocket to growth on social media or get the speaking gigs that I would like to get or do a TED talk, even though I don't think they have anything that valuable to say, I get bitter and I get envious Even though I made a choice to not put all my eggs in one social media basket or haven't yet applied for the TED talk because I don't have it quite refined, even though I make choices, I still get this feeling of resentment. Typically, this is where I stop. I remind myself that I made a choice and then I stew in my resentment and bitterness because I'm mature. (laughs) I was, I'm reading a book right now by Tiffany Dufu called Drop the Ball, and she talks about resentment and how somebody once told her that resentment is like drinking poison and hoping the other person gets sick. And that is exactly the description that pairs with how I feel when I see what other people are doing. I get resentful and I take on this bitterness and negativity, meanwhile, hoping that it somehow takes away from their experience or that they are hurt by it. This also connects to the story of me losing my job. This was nearly five years ago. And so for any and all of the the suffering and pain that I went through, that resentment is me drinking poison and hoping that that company gets sick. I started to look at this resentment instead of just stewing on it and making a decision to open up and share with other people about it. A friend of mine beautifully reminded me that when it comes to comparing me going back to work versus people taking an extended period of time off, it can be incredibly frustrating and disappointing and can hurt but that in our work and our lives, we get to make trade-offs. In this case, there's a trade-off. By choosing this life, I'm choosing long-term flexibility. By making the decision to not stay home long-term right now, I am building a business that is going to let me make more of my own rules and decide what work looks like for me. If you want to hear more about making your own rules, visit episode 60, where Liz and I talk explicitly about what that looks like and provide some examples on how to do it. By acknowledging that trade-offs exist and that sometimes we have to make them, I find it gets easier to do it. It's easier to process making a trade-off. It doesn't feel like a trade down. Every time I get grouchy about someone having something that I don't, I can go one of two routes. I could decide that I want it and figure out how to get it. Or I could examine the trade-off that I've made and figure out what I have or what I've built instead. I also logically know that I could let it go. But that is simply not my style. Letting something go is very challenging for me. I would rather deal with it and process it than simply let it go. There is one other alternative, and this is the one that I'm least comfortable with. In a therapy session earlier this week, I had a conversation with my therapist about trade-offs, and she asked if I really had to make one. Do I really have to pick one thing or the other, or is there some wiggle room and gray area in between? Liz What is your style if and when you begin to feel that resentment or bitterness? What do you do to process that you might have to do a
1: trade-off? I think initially I'm hesitant about it. And I do a bit of a gut check with myself to think, do I really need to trade this off? Or can I just do everything? Uh, Often the answer is, no lady, you can't do everything. And so it usually takes me some time to come to terms with it. I, I have good guts. So I usually know in my gut what the right answer is and what route to take, but it takes me a few days to sit in that and really decide if that's what I'm going to do. Sometimes I ignore my guts, not that often, But when I do ignore my guts, I come to regret it typically. Um, But usually when I'm faced with a decision, I ultimately know what the answer is pretty quickly, but I give myself a few days before I settle into it. Sometimes I think the idea of trade-offs is oversimplifying.
0: It's a pick one thing or the other, but I also, I'm very black and white. So I find that the trade-off mentality is actually quite helpful. I think entrepreneurs make many trade-offs. Just a couple of examples, Um, trading in some degree of routine or consistency for flexibility, trading in some predictability, and instead embracing some seasonality in your business. I think about, I, I work with a number of photographers And their busiest season can be in the fall and winter, gearing up for family photos when the colors are really beautiful in autumn. Also, people want to send pictures during the holidays. So that's an incredibly busy time, which often leads to a bit of a slower first quarter. January and February can be really challenging for photographers if they don't have that sense of, I know the trade-off is that I'm swamped from September to November. For some entrepreneurs, it's trading financial security for not having a cap on your salary or income. I know that's one that that I've experienced. I used to carry a ton of resentment about how people were making more money than me and only recently have realized that one of the perks of not having a salary written on paper is that there isn't a topping out for me. And I get to make some of those decisions. Trading and working for someone else to get to make your own decisions and rules, even when it's hard to make rules, can be incredibly freeing. Yes, it can be challenging, but there are definitely perks to that. So this idea of trading doesn't always have to be bad. And I think one of the the ways that I reconcile trading is that I do these things by choice. If I look at the outcome and what do I want to get, it becomes easier. I'm making a choice to do this trade-off and here's what I get in return. So by spending some time thinking about the reward, it helps make the actual trade feel so much easier. Uh, LP, what other trade-offs do entrepreneurs and freelancers
1: make in your experience? I, I thought of one from the, from the marketing and communications standpoint. As a beginner entrepreneur or a beginner freelancer trading in a, a job or a profession or a role in a company where the marketing and promotion of your work is done for you, you're trading that into having to market and promote yourself as an entrepreneur or a freelancer. And that can, that can be an adjustment for some people uh, as a beginner.
0: Absolutely, it can. I'm also just in my head thinking about the number of times that the you or I have been able to travel and still do our work from a different time zone. My equipment is also my own. So I don't have to use just the equipment from an office. I can take my laptop or my phone anywhere. That might be one of the really positive trade offs. One thing that I can get really bitter and resentful around is uh, things like benefits. When people are like, oh, it must be so nice to work for yourself. And I'm like, yeah, but have you heard of health benefits? And and so I can get a little bit salty there. Another area of bitterness for me is that if I don't work, I typically don't get paid. So I've been really strategic this year, knowing that I would be taking some breaks in building out my contracts such that I would have a consistent income, even if I wasn't working every single month. But that took a lot of planning and a lot of thought. And if I hadn't done that, I would still be boasting. If I don't work, I don't get paid. So even to, to be really specific towards the end of my pregnancy, I was really challenged. My body was sore. I just was having a tough go. And I was being encouraged to take time off and to cancel some things and postpone them. And for me, that just wasn't a trade-off that was going to work at that time. And so it did create some conflict, but I was able to trust my guts and make the decision to wrap up all that work so that come April, th- April 1st, I was actually completely off for four weeks. The bottom line to me is that trade-offs are real. Whether we decide to go one way, the other, or find something in between, or let something else slide, they exist. And by looking closer at them, not only can we lessen the resentment and the crunchy feelings, but we can also highlight some of the perks that exist from these trade-offs. Now, I mentioned the book I'm reading called Dropping the Ball and it talks about something called imaginary delegation. The idea in this book of dropping the ball is that you don't have to do everything. And in fact, to get what you want, sometimes you have to be really clear on what you need other people to do. For me, one of the challenges of trade-offs is that I make them in my head and I don't necessarily share them with anybody else. So if those feelings of bitterness and resentment show up, they often show up too late and take the form of me being incredibly passive aggressive to others. She talks about imaginary delegation as the things that we would like others to do to make our lives or our trade-offs easier, but we forget to actually ask for them. We think that we are delegating the task. She uses the example that I swore she took from my personal life, which is buying meat at Costco and bringing it home for it to be portioned out and put in labeled Ziploc bags to be put in the freezer. And she did this for years and years and one day realized, hey, my husband could do this job. So she left all the packages of meat in the fridge, hoping, assuming that her husband would go, well, if she's not doing it, then he will take this on and do it. In her mind, she delegated this task because the trade-off was that she wanted an extra hour on the couch. And every Sunday for the past X number of years, that was something that she did. So she went, took her time on the couch, but her husband never picked up the task. A week later, the story continues leading to a bunch of rotten meat being thrown out and a bunch of passive aggression. She realized that she didn't actually ask for the help. So her trade-off of, I don't want to do this task, I want somebody else to do it, was missing an essential component, which is communication. So part of this conversation is, for me, finding ways to communicate my resentment, to being open about it, and then welcoming in other people's ideas and feedback. Again, when I told my friend that I was feeling incredibly upset seeing other people post their happy baby selfies on the sixth month of their mat leave, her being able to be empathetic to my resentment helped me in so many ways. But it also Opened up this conversation about how can I ask for more help so that I can have more space if I want it. If you want to look at some of the perks of entrepreneurship and having a flexible life, I recommend visiting episode 56, where LP and I talk about some of the perks we've encountered and in some cases forgotten about. Again, to bottom line this, trade offs don't mean trade downs. It doesn't mean we have to give. Up everything. Sometimes it means that we actually get more of what we want. We just have to pay more attention to what this looks like. When I was in therapy, this conversation again led to how can I be neutral about this? It's not having to pick the less good choice or the better choice. It's simply about making a decision for right now. And those two important pieces that we talk about over and over again, you can change your mind. And you don't have to tell anybody about it. I would love to know from our community and for you to think about what's a trade-off that you've made that helps you feel settled in some of the choices that you've worked on for you, your business, your family. Is there a decision you've made that is a result of a trade-off? LP, anything to share with us as far as a trade-off that you've made that helps you feel settled in your decisions?
1: Well, sometimes I think I just need a reminder of what the trade-offs are that I've made. Sometimes, you know, working as a freelancer, you hit that seasonality piece and it's a little bit slower. It's like, God, it's slow and that sucks. And it's like, yep. yeah, this is how this works. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of dealing with it right now. i busted my butt the first quarter of the year, the busiest quarter I've ever had. Yes. And I've essentially taken the, the first two weeks of May off. Right. Which is great. I didn't do this last year though. And that's weird, but it's a reminder that I have this flexibility because I worked and I hustled so hard at the beginning of the year. This is how this works. And I know that I'm gearing up Like next week it starts again, but I just have to remind myself of the trade-offs. I know I've made them, but even having this conversation and maybe for our listeners listening to this conversation will be a reminder of what those trade-offs are because sometimes I forget what they are.
0: Yeah. And I think we can be really sensitive to talking about them too, where I I know you and I, Sometimes we'll have conversations where we're like, am I allowed to say this? Is this a safe space? Am I allowed to be really happy that I'm not busy? Am I allowed to share how much money I made this month by like kicking ass in my business? Because it can create bad feelings. But by openly having the conversation, it's like there were trade-offs to you having a killer first quarter, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't always feel that way. And am I allowed to share? that I, I didn't work that much for two weeks.
1: Yeah. It, it, I, like I, it, it feels weird that yeah, today we're recording on May 16th and I've been in my office for four hours today. And it's the longest I've been in my office for a day this month. And I f- have got over the guilt of that mm-hmm. about middle of last week. But for the mm-hmm. first few days of May, I felt bad that yeah. I wasn't working Because I worked in May last year, but then I need to remember that I've made these trade-offs and it's not a Mm -hmm. trade-down. It's been wonderful to not really work the last couple of weeks, but I need the reminder of that. These are choices that I have made on purpose. Yes, 100%.
0: And I find that what triggers talking about trade-offs for me is anytime I feel like saying or somebody says to me, huh? Must be nice. Must be nice to take July off every year. Yeah, it's really freaking nice. Do you want to know what I do to be able to get July off every year? That is a trade-off that I continue to make. I'm feeling it right now. Again, seeing parents at home with extended maternity leaves. Oh, must be nice for them. Interestingly, on the other side of that, my husband and I both have incredibly flexible work schedules. And from May to August, he is not teaching he's just doing research and service. And so I had guilt and I have guilt knowing that in the first six weeks after having a baby, he has gone to work for a total of five days in six weeks and that's it. And I feel incredibly guilty. So part of that is I I do acknowledge our privilege in that. I absolutely do. Part of it is also stepping back and going, what are the trade-offs that we made so that we could do that, right? Having a kid late in our lives, that is one of the trade-offs, waiting till we were in a position in our, our work and careers to be able to do that. We acknowledge that we come to this scenario with a degree of privilege and we still make strategic choices. So anytime somebody were to say to us, oh, must be nice, to have two parents at home all the time. It is nice and it comes with privilege and trade-offs. And we know that. We acknowledge it. We are learning to talk about it. And we know that that guilt doesn't serve anybody. So even hearing your story about the first two weeks of May, and let's say that it took the first eight days for you to drop the guilt. I'm like, oh, those eight days with guilt of having time off. Imagine if those eight days were guilt free and simply just a reminder of let's remember everything that I did to be able to have this time.
1: I think the next time that I have this where I have a bunch of time off because I will have worked really really hard in the lead up, I think it won't be 8 days next time. It might be a day or two. Yeah. But I think to have this ongoing reminder, maybe I'll revisit this episode in a few months, Mm -hmm. I think is important just to to recognize what those trade-offs are and that this is on purpose. Yes, it is on purpose.
0: For somebody who loves the word intentional, Mm -hmm. this is intentional. And yes, thank you for plugging our own podcast, revisit (sighs) the episode, but also call me, Let's talk about it. Hey, I have this feeling. I know I've made a trade-off. Can we just talk this out? Because that was how it started for me when I phoned my friend and say, I'm going to put myself out on a limb, but I feel this way. And for her to say, yeah, I totally get it. I'm like, oh good. It's not just me. Here's the perk. Here's the trade-off. Um, this conversation, I think, is one that we are going to continue to visit and revisit because we cannot be the only people experiencing this. I am very confident that there will be more trade offs in our future. And as our businesses grow, they're also going to change. As our circumstances change, our trade-offs are going to change. They're going to look different. So I think this is a conversation that I'd like to bring to the forefront a little bit more and to, to continue talking openly about it, even though it can be a little bit uncomfortable. In the next episode, we are talking about consistency and how consistency and routine are better friends than inspiration. Liz and I are going to share a bit of the behind the scenes of what it takes to create a consistent podcast that is released every two weeks. It is not unheard of for people to say, oh, this sounds like a lot of work. Or for us to see other podcasts that start with zest and gusto and then fall off the platforms because it is a ton of work. So in talking about routine consistency and a little bit about the difference between rituals and habits, we're going to dig into this and share our experiences. But for now, I would love for you to consider what is a trade-off that you have made that helps you feel settled in your decisions and the things that you are deciding to do on purpose. If one of the trade-offs that you've made in your life is that you work for yourself or by yourself, it means that you may not have a major corporate retreat, but you get to pick your own professional development. Working with a business strategist and coach might be the best move for you. Hit me up at theamandawagner.com if you want to talk about what it's like to work one-on-one with me, and we can find space to give you the professional development that you need.
1: And if you're curious about how to make your social media platforms better and share your story with the world, hit me up. You can connect with me on Instagram at Liz Pittman.
0: This topic has me really excited. And I think pointing out the trade-offs don't have to mean trade downs encourages me to make some more of them. My hope is that this discussion has highlighted that this is something Liz and I experience in a very real way, very often in multiple areas of our lives. I hope that that connects with you on some level. And again, I am reading the book, Drop the Ball by Tiffany Dufu. We will link to it in the show notes. That conversation about the meat at Costco and imaginary delegation is helping me ask for more. And if you have listened to this podcast before, you know that don't ask, don't get is central to what we do here. So I encourage you this week to go and ask for more, get more of what you want. And I can't wait to talk about consistency and routine next time.
1: We will be back in two weeks with that episode. Until then, we will see you on the internet.
0: Episode 61. It's weird because we get to episode 60, this nice round number. Yeah. And it's just like, hell yeah, we did it. And then it's like, oh yeah, this is just what we do. See you, do you in two want weeks. It?
1: It's nice. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Great. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get our next recording in the calendar. Okay, great.